All right. Hello, everybody. Um, so this is the second episode of our uh, Pods and um, Skies and Currents podcast. Almost said Pods and Currents uh, <laughs> podcast. Skies and per- Currents podcast. This is a collaboration between me. I'm Christina Funkhauser and um, Teresa Olfa, who's here with me. Um, and we are going to do a sort of astrological weekly update and chat about whatever comes up well so what i actually so this is the funny thing about me i am interested in astrology and i am interested in you and we talk about it regularly and i do you know we we do like a yearly thing at the beginning of the year and then we do two things a month and then it comes up in conversation in between and yet I still cannot remember any of it, not a single thing. So what's <laughs> happening, Christina? What are we doing? What is? <laughs> well, that's why we need to talk about it every week because, yeah. um, you know, that's funny because as an astrologer, sometimes I feel like I talk about the same things over and over again and people must be getting like really bored with it. Like, like, God, Christina always talks about the same concepts or the same, like this long transit that's going on for three years and she's constantly talking about it and I should stop talking about it because people already understand. But then I'm like, oh yeah, no, people don't really, <laughs> I don't really remember no. what I said or like, it I which feel makes like, total sense. I feel like I only remember really big things that were very personally impactful like when there was like saturn mars uranus stuff happening i think it was either last year or 2021 um like those moments i'm like oh yeah i i remember that but the everything else just kind of i think this is happening or christina just said that it should be kind of like this but yeah so it always is kind of present and interesting um yeah it's just and it's fun so right what is happening okay well so today is monday september 18th 2023 and i think what we're gonna try to do is do this weekly um and this week to me is the first sort of week of calm and uh integration and just sort of getting back to normal that we've had for a couple of weeks. So we're coming out of a summer, a very disruptive summer of retrogrades. Um, We had a Venus retrograde that occurred from about July 22nd until the very beginning of September. And in the middle of the Venus retrograde, we had a Mercury retrograde Mm -hmm. that began toward the end of August and ended just last Friday. So for me, this week is sort of processing what came up during those retrograde periods and trying to get a sense of what we need to do to integrate those um, those insights and changes into our life before the next disruption, which is sort of like the eclipse season mm-hmm. that's coming up. Um, so Friday, we're, we're, we're in Virgo season right now, and Friday the sun moves into Libra. 
um, which is sort of the official initiation of eclipse season. So we have um, few days. first eclipse isn't we have like four days. No. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, this immediate disruption as soon as the sun moves into Libra because the first eclipse isn't until October 14th. Mm-hmm. But we'll sort of enter into the murky lack of clarity of the eclipse season. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hoping to do with this episode is like maybe um, look back at what Venus may have been bringing up during the retrograde and what how this eclipse season might be like kind of the continuation of that work and how specifically um that work might continue and how we might use the next couple of days to get oriented around continuing the story um and hopefully continuing it productively does that make sense oh yeah yeah and it's, i like oh go ahead no i was just you go ahead <laughs> well so i was just gonna say it's interesting because because i do intuitive readings and a lot of friends and people ask me intuitive questions i see kind of patterns in time even though i'm not looking at the planet specifically in an october a lot of what i see is like just tasks or things that we needed to do coming to a head and not I don't think it'll be like oh and now you can't do it now it's too late it'll just be like six urgent things that you've got to get done you're like oh no I can't remember I forgot that I put this off or I forgot that this wasn't done or I thought I had filed this already and it'll all just happen on the same day so right now (laughs) Sorry, now what I'm trying to do, I'm like, oh, crap, we got to get all this stuff. I'm like trying to make sure that we've got all these like administrative paperwork life things taken care of. Um, Well, that makes sense because um, as the sun moves into Libra, she's going to be, the sun is going to be interacting with Mars. Mars is currently in Libra and Mars is considered to be uncomfortable in Libra. It's a place it's a sign that he doesn't naturally orient to, doesn't necessarily love. And Mars is a planet of like getting things done of just sort of action, you know, Mm -hmm. moving forward with whatever it is in our life. So I could see how October could have a little bit of like a, Oh shit, there's all these things we need to do, but we're not oriented toward doing them, but we have to Mm -hmm. do them right away. There's like an urgency there. So I could totally see that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, But yeah, so I th- I do think there's like this Venus story that's happening right now that's going to continue to unfold because as the sun moves into Libra, the sun is going to be moving into a Venus ruled sign. So Venus rules Libra. So whenever the sun moves into a different sign, we're going to look to the planet that rules that sign to be giving us some information about what we should be doing there and i think that it is important to note that the sun is moving into a venus world sign after venus has just gone through this significant retrograde period she's renewed herself she went into the underworld she dug up a bunch of material for us to look at and so right now it's sort of like our job to look at that material and we get a couple of days of just calm 
we get a couple of days of Mercury being direct in a sign that he rules in Virgo. Um, so it's going to give us sort of clarity of thinking. It's going to give us an ability to look at processes in our life, to look and um, to reorganize uh, basic sort of systems in our life. So I think this, what I wanted to talk about is like, okay, what came up? What did the Venus retrograde mean? What came up um, during that period of time? And how is that possibly going to relate to both eclipse season and Libra season, which is which we're, what we're hurtling toward? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the Venus retrograde in Libra, excuse me, the Venus retrograde that just happened was in Leo. And um, Venus is still in Leo. She's clearing the degrees of her retrograde. So she's going back over the degrees of Leo that she retrograded in. Um, and this Venus retrograde was square to Jupiter in Taurus. Um, so a lot of what was happening during the retrograde period was a conversation between Jupiter and Taurus and Venus in Leo. And so we have to sort of look first at what are these two signs, uh, Leo and Taurus. So Leo and, Leo and Taurus are both fixed signs, which means they're places in the zodiac where we're supposed to um, create foundations and structures that are solid and that kind of don't change or don't change easily. Mm -hmm. But when there's a retrograde, we're, we are being asked to make a change. So, so it's sort of more inherently difficult to change in these places. Um, Leo is all about self-expression. It's all about the soul. It's all about sort of being yourself in the world and letting, trying to get deeper and deeper and deeper into the soul and letting it shine through. So, you know, are we at the layer of the ego, like an outer layer? Are we pushing deeper into the soul's light, into the Paramatman, into God? Um, and Venus retrograding there is going to be a lot about self-expression. So with Venus, Venus rules the arts, Venus rules, um, creativity. So how do we want to express our soul? Venus rules relationships. She rules love. So how do we want to be loved? How do we want other people to be loved? I've sort of reduced um, this, re this past retrograde down almost to like, how do we want to be loved and appreciated in the world? You know, like, what do we want to be seen for? What do we want to be known for? So um, these are some of the themes that we've been asked to wade through basically since July, right? But in conversation with Jupiter in Taurus, there's another layer of this, of this theme, which is what are the resources? So Taurus is all about resources and, um, it's like the earth, it's the foundation beneath us, it's the material stuff of life that we need to feel solid enough to do anything in the world. <laughs> and so that retrograde in conversation with Jupiter in Taurus was about, okay, if I want to be seen and loved and appreciated for this, these qualities, what do I, what resources do I need 
to underpin that longing and to bring it into the world. So what do I want to express? What do I want to be appreciated for? And what do I need practically and in a resource way to um, create a foundation to continually express those qualities? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so whenever Venus retrogrades, she goes into the underworld and, um, like, which basically that's the mythology of it, right? Venus descending into underworld. What, what's really happening is she's, um, getting close enough to the sun that she goes invisible in the sky, right? The sun's light blots her out. And we imagine this like a meeting of, um, in this case, because it's a retrograde cycle, the, the underworld gods, basically, she's going to get this like information that she doesn't normally have access to. Um, and we have to go sort of like deep inside of ourselves into the unseen places to dredge all this up. So what have we left behind? What do we normally not? What do we normally not appreciate about ourselves? Or what do we normally hide that we want to bring back out into the open? So we've already received a lot of this information and now our job is to put it into practice. And we have this short period of time where we're going to want to get super clear on what it is that came up during that period. What's most important? What are the changes we want to make about our self-expression? What do we need to sort of um, in a resource capacity, bring into our lives to underpin that, that expression that we need to, that we want to, um, to make concrete. And now that the sun is about to move into Libra, which is a Venus ruled sign and eclipse season is about to start. The question becomes what socially do we need to disrupt or change to take um, to to make the lessons of the Venus retrograde real in our life? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, when you say socially, do you mean um, not necessarily with like people that you have relationships with, but like with like potential? audience or with potential clients or just or like neighbors or do you just mean like other people in the world any other people in the world I know it seems yeah yeah no I think it's broad but I think that it's all all of the above basically so Libra is a sign of sort of social uh, niceties it's a sign of sort of the group um, it is, it's the, the, the insignia of Libra is the scales, right? So sort of like, how do we keep everything even between people? Um, what it's, it's a sign that is, um, interested in justice, but it's also just the sign of keeping everything smooth socially, sort of like 
balancing all the groups. So Venus's job is sort of to sort of mediate between people, mm-hmm. keep everybody happy. So <laughs> imagine Venus being like the host of a party and uh, Libra is the party or the social space. Venus is sort of like the mediator who's going and saying like, do you have everything you need? Do, do, do you guys have everything you need? Like, have you met this person? It's she's Libra is a place where sort of we interact with society on a whole. So we are going to um, be thinking about groups of people we interact with, um, our, our particular sh- social sphere, our audience that we talk to. Um, we're going to be thinking about like big issues of justice and the resolution of them. So um, on a big cultural level, you know, we have have had so many um, different labor strikes happening. So Libra might be a place where we would be looking to resolve those disputes. We'd be listening to each of the party's concerns. We'd be trying to create um, a unified whole, a social smoothness. Um, We're trying to balance the scales between everyone, right? So, but each of us in our life, We've already, you know, we have a stasis that we've created and maintained between us and everyone that we interact with. But we've just uncovered through the Venus retrograde some new information about who we want to be in the world, about how we want to be appreciated, about what we want to express. And going in now to Libra season, we're going to have a new set of eclipses. We're going to have eclipses in Libra and the sun is going to interact with Mars and it's Mars's job to cut things out, to take action for the ego or for the self um, and to not necessarily consider the group dynamic. So moving as the sun moves into Libra season, about to interact with Mars, about to interact with K2 or the South Node, which is the eclipse point. What we know is that the work of Venus isn't going to be as smooth as she would normally like it to be. There's going to have to be something that gets disrupted in that part of the life um, in within that social space in order to accommodate what we've dug in what we've dug up and what we've learned from the retrograde and it doesn't necessarily have to be negative but we know that it's not going to be necessarily comfortable and we know that we're going to have to let go of either something about the way we comfortably interact with the people in our life or we're going to have to get let go of specific people, or we're going to have to let go of some aspect of our orientation toward either big society or little social group. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You'd asked me, you're like, ask questions, but everything you're saying is very, very clear so far. So I'm sorry. I'm not jumping in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, okay. So, um, so yeah, so what I'm looking at this week, um, my sense of it is it's like a stopping place between the retrograde and eclipse season. And 
it's a time, like I said, where Mercury is just station direct. So our minds should be clear and our ability to sort out details should be clear, much clearer than usual. Um, and so we get a couple of days to really think about, okay, if I want to be appreciated for this quality, or if I want to express this thing in my life, what does that, what does that look like? You know, what do I need to get in order? Um, like really specifically for me, you know, we started, we wanted to launch this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the Venus retrograde period was me, um, trying to come to terms with like who I am as a writer, who I am as a creative person, who I am as a storyteller, uh, like letting go of, um, old ideas about who I think my audience should be or who I should be appreciated by. And, you know, at the beginning of the retrograde, I wasn't clear on, um, how or when we would start recording this podcast, you know? Um, but as a, as a retrograde started to end, I was like, oh, I felt this urgency, like, oh, we need to get this together, like, quickly, you know? And for us, you know, we're sort of like recording this, um, we're doing a recording for the first time, we're trying to figure out the you know, I'm trying to figure out the recording software. I'm trying to understand like these micro details. I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to do a recording so that we can get a sense of how, how, how it works. I'm going to listen to it back. It's like all of this, like detail oriented stuff is the equipment in place. Like does the microphone work? All we get this period of time to organize it all <laughs> before you know we inevitably go into Libra season and we have to reckon with the discomfort of people actually listening to it yeah. you know, at least <laughs> for me <laughs> so that's just sort of like a little microcosm of 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 how I see um this period of time playing out for people it's just it's so interesting to me because so much of my life is um Kind of, it's trying to, I'm very actively focused on the material world because it's, it feels like I have to intentionally do so to be present and responsible and to be a good mom and to be a good teacher and to be a good, you, you know, like for me, it's something that I have to work on to do because the kind of gravity of most of my existence is very internal. Um, but the last, so usually when you say all of these things about the past, I'm like, oh yeah, and I was experiencing this and all that, you know, it's like a very, the story, because the internal world and internal experiences are much more fluid, they line up much easier with the, the astrological story. But in this case, it's like, I moved, I spent three weeks doing laundry so that we would have clean bedding and clean towels out here. <laughs> I scrubbed the bejesus out of a gigantic ancient house. I have just been buying things and sending my husband on Craigslist quests to fill the like it's just been like this incredibly material oriented existence for me over the past 
yeah, since I think it was almost exactly the beginning of the Venus retrograde, it was just like the move and getting through the move and then getting a million details, papers signed, utilities turned on, school stuff in place, you know, so um, I can see how this whole story lines up with what you're talking about, but it is funny to me because usually it's like so easy for me to track in my own life because I'm paying more attention to my internal experience and this time I'm like I don't know man I just I just clean and buy things and run errands and that's and then you invited me to do a podcast and I was like great that's (laughs) well it's it's interesting because like for you Leo is your 10th house right so that would be like your career Mm -hmm. and your work and how people see you in the world but so much of what you do as like a spiritual teacher is, um, you know, you develop yourself spiritually and then use that development to help others. Um, but for the last several years, you guys have been like moving around and mm-hmm. haven't been super settled in your life in terms of just the basics of, of where you're living. Yeah, And I think that, so, you know, we have this, like I said in the beginning, there was this Venus retrograde to figure out sort of what we're expressing in the world. And then there was a square to Jupiter about what materially do you need in order to underpin that expression. And I think for you, it was like very clearly like you guys needed the solid, yeah, you know, place to live that supports your life and your work. Yeah. And that aspect of it just took over you know and it was like for you just like getting all of that in place so that you can fully sink into yourself and your work um and so it makes sense that you know you would be focused materially on on the material world at this Mm -hmm. period of time especially because for you these are on angles it's like your 10th house and your 7th house so it's like really really concrete um and active so yeah that totally makes sense to me yeah it's it it is interesting just because the nature of my work is unseen right it's like very very immaterial um but it is obviously that obvious that we needed this material foundation to help us do this work um because it does seem like a lot of things are sort of congealing on their own now um I had a moment I did have a moment of sadness kind of in the middle of the retrograde probably when Venus was at like the lowest point of the underworld where I I kind of felt sad about the amount of momentum that we lost with interference Mm -hmm. because we were so incredibly displaced and unsettled for such a long window right then um, and so it was, I, I was feeling very like discouraged about where it was going to go, if we should keep doing it or what, what was going to happen. And, but, and then it just, I didn't do anything, but other things just came in like this podcast. So it was kind of like the house support did, or, you know, the planet support, whatever, whatever the, whatever the events whatever however causation works um it did seem to (laughs) it did seem to all come together um 
by the end of the retrograde, it was like all feeling really good and really solid and really clear that this was how it was supposed to go. But I am curious about what it'll look like during Libra season. Um, yeah, I think this Libra season is going to be, well, it's going to be really significant for you and me because we were born in 1986. And so we have, we're getting our nodal returns. Um, so the eclipses are always um, aligned with the nodes of the moon. That's where, how we indicate where eclipses are going to be. Um, because you and I are oriented in certain ways to the Indic or Vedic spiritual ideas, we tend to call the North and South Node by their Vedic name, Rahu and Ketu. Um, but Rahu and Ketu for us, me and you, are aligning. We're getting nodal returns. So it might feel like a little bigger than it does for the average person. Um, but this eclipse season in Libra, um, this is going to be the first eclipse in Libra, and we're going to get eclipses on and off in Libra for about a year and a half. Huh. Um, so because it is the first, we will, I think socially, I think everybody will feel um, a little shaken up in that part of the life. Um, and, you know, broadly, I think that it will be... It could have to do with sort of re the restructuring or reorganizing of of how we interact socially in this, you know, in, in with the last three years sort yep. of of yep. of the pandemic and disruptions behind us. Um, and then everybody will it will hit everybody's chart personally in different places. Um, and I think we'll go into that maybe in the next episode, we'll do the whole, um, eclipse preparation mm -hmm. episode. <laughs> um, but I do think it's going to be a pretty impactful eclipse season for folks, especially with the presence of Mars there. Um, it just tells me that, yeah, some idea about the way we're interacting socially needs to get sort of cut out or needs to get pushed into a more productive direction that might feel uncomfortable for folks. Yeah, what I it's so again for those listening, I don't know much about astrology and I can't look at the time with through that lens. Um, but you have talked about this conversation kind of throughout the past year about um, deciding who we want to be in the world right? Like kind of trying to reorient toward that after a big window of huge disruption on a global scale. And for a lot of us personally, um, and a lot of um, kind of day-to-day -day opportunities that we took for granted, having been taken away and um, the world changing or feeling as though it had changed so much in such a short window of time that this year has been a, like kind of a reorientation back to the world kind of a thing like oh yeah. who do we want to talk to and how do we want to meet because i think a lot of those things were default prior to the pandemic right it wasn't really something we thought about it was all just a groove that we were in and then it's like 
the groove was broken open. <laughs> and so right. a lot of this here seems like it's about finding our way back into a groove, but also um, kind of consciously trying to decide what we want that groove to be. So it's like a great opportunity, but also it's incredibly hard to know or to even imagine what we want or what it can look like at this point. So opportunity. Well, I think that the imagining what we want is what, how we want to interact with the world, how we want to interact with our friends, our family, our whatever, you know, the layers of social groups that we're interacting with. Um, I think that we should be looking to the material that was uncovered in the past, you know, two months. Mm -hmm. And for folks that are not sort of like in the habit of looking of doing that kind of work you know it could just be as simple as like what were you doing in august and how did it make you feel right yeah you know like what did you feel like you were missing what felt like it was missing from your life what sadnesses came up what elations came up like what what feelings um what were they, what are they pointing to, you know, because a lot of that should give you some information about how you want to relate to others and how you want other people to relate to you. I mean, Venus is essentially the relationship planet above all of her other duties. She's a relationship planet. So how do we want to express ourselves in relationship and how do we want to be appreciated by the people and groups that are supposed to appreciate us? Um, like I thought a lot about this past Venus retrograde. I thought a lot about like, you know, how much do we want to, how much of what we do is based on what our parents or our family, or our society appreciates, you know, like we're mm -hmm. trained to try yeah. to be appreciated in a certain way and that affects what we express and how we express it and what, you know, how it affects our creativity, it affects our thinking. So when Venus goes into the underworld, we're going to question like, wait, why am I, why am I relating to my own creativity and expression in this way? Well, because I was trained to think that this was important. You know, I was trained to think that like, you know, if I wanted to be a writer, then I needed to write like books that would be reviewed by the New York times and like, you know, be lauded culturally like that's what that's like how writers are important in the world you know um that's like specific to me right because and partially that's because I felt like I came from a culture that didn't really care that much about creativity so the only way I could validate mm -hmm. myself creatively is if like the big big culture at large says like my writing is good you know yeah and so a lot of that for for me was like, oh, that's all garbage. Like get rid of that. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I feel like um, you know, those kinds of insights will be really important to this particular Libra season and this particular eclipse series. Yeah. Because it's like, how are we relating to society and how are we wanting um wanting to be validated by it? Um so, yeah. 
mean, it's not necessarily the kind of process that everybody is oriented toward doing, but I think it's more simple than, than it seems. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's as someone who's sort of traditionally isolated and introverted, um, it's harder for me to imagine this at a social level, like, like a big social level, except that um, I, I kind of have been working on a course that I'm probably is going to be a lot of what I do in October is actually get the course put together and um, suddenly feeling okay about doing something like the podcast or about doing the work that I offered or that I'm going to offer every month where I incorpor incorporate my own practice into spiritual work that I offer because I usually keep that separate. Um, so I guess, yeah, being a little bit more forthcoming and visible than I've preferred to be for my entire life. Um, but, but also, but it's weird because that sort of just, it wasn't even like a mental or just like, I didn't think about I guess it's a good sign maybe that I didn't have to most of the time when I do something that has to do with other people I have to overcome it right I have to kind of sit and be with it and then think to myself this is going to suck but I'm going to do it anyway basically and yeah. <laughs> and this time uh I it didn't I didn't have to think about it at all it just kind of came up and felt okay which is nice but I'm um, sorry all this leading into but what I have noticed is that my relationship with my kids is driving me bananas like the way that we are relating at home <laughs> is something that I have to really have been really trying to figure out how we're going to move forward and a lot of it has just been like the disruption of moving and also moving to right. a huge space because we've never lived in a space even remotely as big as this. And right now what happens is we all just scream at each other. All day. Like, well, I think that like, that's like really specific to another transit for you because, well, that's not the, what's funny about talking about astrology, right? Is like when I try to prepare for like a weekly update, which we do, we have, been frequently doing for the last two years with a small group right and this podcast is sort of like our attempt to maybe make it available to more people but um you know i i look at what is most like the newest transits and the themes that they're bringing up and whatever feels most present at the moment but there's always a million things, you know, happening. Yeah. And one of the transits, you know, that's just in the background all the time right now is Saturn and Pisces. Um, and, um, you know, that's been happening since March. Yeah. And there's all of these inflection points in that story because Saturn is a really slow moving planet, right? So Saturn moved into Pisces in March and he's going to be there for, you know, almost three years with a short dip into um, Aries in that period. But, um, you know, we, we had Mars sort of opposing Saturn mm -hmm. through a lot of August. And now we have Mercury opposing Saturn and we have the sun opposing Saturn. Mm -hmm. So there's all of this like Saturn, Saturn, uh, that Saturn story is getting pinged a lot. And for you, Saturn is in your house of children, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's <laughs> that you're like, moved into a new house and now the relationship is all disorganized because 
Saturn in Pisces is a lot about Saturn, the planet of structure and rules and boundaries getting thrown into Pisces, the sign of like the disorganized everything, you know, just like the immensity of like our soul and the, the ocean, the oceanic, you know, divine. Like, so a lot of the themes of Saturn and Pisces is just like the loss of boundaries, the loss of structure, the loss of sort of like obvious um, rules or obvious structure. So yeah, it's really funny that you say that because that to me is like very obviously a Pi- a, a Saturn Pisces. Um, well, and ailment. I think I think I have Mercury in that house also with Saturn. At least I do in the Vedic. I'm not sure if I do in Western. Well, you have Mercury and Saturn in the same house, but you don't have them in Pisces. But you do right. have Mars and Jupiter in Pisces. <laughs> but it's just it just cracks me because like right now what it is is it's just my children screaming mama from all corners of the house just because they want to know where I am and a lot of and then it's like I either I can't scream back because they don't hear me or something or they want to see my physical presence existing before them like my sound is not enough so it would be fine if I didn't have (laughs) anything else to do ever well, yeah, wouldn't all children love if we had nothing else to do except for pay attention to them all the time? It seems to be like the primary theme of children is wanting the never-ending attention of their parent. The the thing that they're saying right now, instead of watch me, which is what they're asking, is um, enjoy me. Mama, enjoy me. <laughs> Please enjoy me. My God, I feel like that's like the most basic human desire of all time, like just wanting other humans to enjoy you. <laughs> it's like, that, that's their Venus retrograde, like, yeah. um, please. Quandary. It's like, how can we make our mother enjoy us all the time? I know. It's like they don't want to play outside without me at all. So they're just like, come, you have to enjoy us. You have to be outside enjoying us. <laughs> I feel like that's like Gideon has the most poetic way of expressing things. Yeah, he does. Um, which is funny because you know Pisces, where you ha- your house of children is like notoriously a place of like poetic and mm. creative expression, but not a particularly good place for direct like or literal expression. Which is why it's considered to be the fall of Mercury, which is the planet of you know communication mm-hmm. um but yeah enjoy me he has been enjoy per- me. he has been particularly poetic since we moved here like much more even more so than usual or maybe just more saying more poetic things than than usual because he doesn't speak that much yeah. all the time well yeah saturn and that's like the best sort of possible expression of Saturn in Pisces is creative expression, poetic expression, like building, you know, creative, building new worlds, um, building new ways of, of, of expressing ourselves. So, um, so yeah, I mean, so we've got four days just to recap. We're in a window of creative, yes. we're in a window of creative expression and we are looking to 
kind of decide or imagine how we want to relate to other people um, on various scales, with the introduction to that being a journey into hopefully some insight or some experience that should uh, give us an idea of where that should go. And we got four days to figure it out. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we, have, we have a whole lifetime to figure it out, but I just feel like, you know, this, these four days are a good time to review what came up during the retrograde to look at the material aspect of like anything that came up in terms of like, what do I practically need to create the foundation for my self-expression? Um, like buy that shit now, you know, like <laughs> you need a webcam, get it. Like, <laughs> do you need like, um, someone to come to your house to like hook up your computer and make mm -hmm. it work or, you know, set up that like equipment that you bought, you know, several months ago, but haven't taken out of the box or, um, if it's relational, like this, you know, is this, this might be a good time to talk you know, schedule with like someone you're just starting a relationship with or, you know, figure out that childcare that you need mm -hmm. um, to put in place so that you have time for yourself or um, it's, it's a good time to take practical iterative steps toward a goal. Um, and it's a quiet or it's, it's a sort of quiet moment of integration um, before we enter into another period of disruption. Um, and tomorrow, it's also worth mentioning, tomorrow, Tuesday the 19th, that's the sun's opposition to Neptune. Um, so... It's, it's interesting because it's sort of like a contradiction, right? So the sun is opposing Neptune, which is a planet of like dreams and creativity and like this like foggy haze. Um, but Mercury is also in Virgo, which is the planet of, or which is a, a the planet of communication and, and detail-oriented thinking and um, specifics mm -hmm. in the sign of his exaltation where he's very good at at putting together the details at creating systems at getting rid of what we don't need so we have you know the sun communicating with our dream space with our hopes mm -hmm. with our ability to connect with the subtle and then we have mercury um doing at, at the height of his capacity to manage details so it's like this synastry between the two of like, okay, what what is it that we really want and how do we get there specifically, you know? And Venus has just given us a wealth of information to sort through to get help us get to the answer to that question. Um, and, you know, this isn't just for creative people or people who want to, um, you know, are, are specifically interested in self-expression. Um, it can be something much, 
it can be something more less obvious or or less externalized you know it could be about just how you are interacting with others like being less afraid to express yourself being less afraid to express anger or being less afraid to um ask for affection or or anything you Mm -hmm. know anything relational in that has to do with your your expression and your ability to just be yourself um so yeah i feel like that is that's pretty much the message of the week i think um i will look at the chart one more time to see where we're at i mean we're having like a Scorpio moon day. <laughs> so that can always bring up some big feelings for folks. Um, but, you know, tonight and tomorrow morning, um, the moon is going to be opposing Jupiter. So the moon is going to sort of highlight again, some of the like material resource stuff that that question, what do we need in our life mm-hmm. to support? our expression and who we are so yeah i think i think that's all i have to say (laughs) for now do you mind taking just a moment to talk about um information and what that can look like because i think that if you're not kind of broadening that term it can be really hard to look at a window of time and be like what was the information I got here you know what I mean because sometimes it comes in the form of like actual information or sometimes it comes in the form of things like coming to a head and having an insight or a realization personally but a lot of times it's just um like desires and discomfort (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, totally. So I guess I said feelings before, which is like way too broad, but you are like the best at iterating feelings and, you know, how to look at your feelings more specifically. That's like very much your, one of your strong suits. So I think you should talk about. (laughs) Well, so I think feelings is like, it's correct. I think a lot of people, if they think about the information related to their feelings they think like oh i had this feeling and then came to a mental conclusion and that mental conclusion is then the information um right but but in this case i don't it doesn't have to be that specific right it could just be looking back at that window of time and being like what did i miss what did i wish was different what did i what did i really appreciate that was the same what were some circumstances where I felt really uncomfortable? What were some circumstances that I was like longing for? What was I, did I, did any regret come up? Like what are the things that I regret having happened or I wish had happened differently or I wish could happen? Um, And it's kind of a nice window of time right now because what you're saying is that those like if there if there were negative feelings like that at that window of time what you're saying is that story hasn't ended right even if those regrets and those desires feel like they've passed what you're saying is that story hasn't ended and over the next month is going to be our opportunity to find creative ways of 
bringing those things back into our life, um, which I, I really feel like is important to mention because I feel like a lot of us got, uh, I can't think of the word, but um, had a lot of disappointment over the past couple of years <laughs> just because so, right. so many things like weren't working out and weren't going to work out. And so the working out moment is coming back around, which is exciting. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's always going to be layers of, of working things out and disappointment and, you know, mm -hmm. I never want to frame astrology. Like there's anything deterministic or necessarily everything final. Good, about every, everything good is falling from the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you don't catch don't, it right now, don't you're do, screwed. Don't, but don't do anything. It's just coming for you. If you're in one of these signs, just coming. It's just going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Venus retrogrades every like 18 months. So we're constantly going to be in this process of, of review. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that the retrograde that we just had in Leo has this sort of tinge of self-expression because of the sign that it occurred in and the retrograde was sort of bolstered by the square from jupiter and uranus which i didn't even mention um you know uranus is gonna add like a lot of shakti and a lot of power to anything it touches so there's a there's a sort of a just a little extra jolt to this retrograde um i mean and we can look at like socially <laughs> yeah. like there's a, there was the freaking actor strike and the writer strike and um you know other labor disputes that have come mm -hmm. up at this period of time because you know we had this the collision of venus retrograding in the sign of leo the sign of performance and expression with the square to Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus, which is all about resources. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jupiter going through Taurus has traditionally been associated with um, labor movements. Um, and, you know, we're seeing that. We, I think we talked about that in our year ahead forecast, and a lot of astrologers have talked about it. Like, certainly, I'm not even close to the first or only one to make that association. But, um, you know, this was a particularly charged venus retrograde in a lot of ways um and so i i think it is worth going back and looking at the data as you say or or the information that was gleaned from it but it's never like oh you're not going to have another chance to right. do this or you know we have to get it done now or this story's over now it's <laughs> never over right because the planets are always moving in relationship to each other um and having multiple cycles on top of cycles so I think that um, I am particularly interested in the fact that now the sun is moving into Libra and we are going to, and it's colliding with these, with K, with K2, um, who's sort of the host of the Libra eclipse. And K2 is about getting rid of stuff. It's about, you know, materiality moving out. So we experience loss around K2. Mm -hmm transits and k2 eclipses and we and we subvert or, or we sort of we try to sublimate the loss by getting rid of stuff preemptively you know yeah. um so you know if there's like something in the way of what you want to be expressing trying to actively get rid of it before 
you know, it gets ripped away from you by force is mm-hmm. like a, a positive way of, of engaging with the transit. And, you know, Mars being there too indicates um, some conflict. And like I said, so Libra is, is ruled by Venus. Um, so yeah, I, I just think there's just a continuation of this story that's worth looking at and worth working with as actively as we can. Um, I'm really curious about like the sort of dance that Venus and Mars have been doing because when Venus stationed, uh, or when Venus first moved into Leo, um, so we look about, we look at Venus retrogrades as sort of like these long periods of time that include when Venus first moves into the sign that she's going to retrograde in. Um, so when she first moved into Leo in June, um, that was sort of like the beginning of the retrograde. So Venus moved through Leo almost all the way through the whole sign. She stationed retrograde in July and then she moved backwards through Leo and then she stationed direct and then she's moving forward again. So there's like four parts, right? Mm -hmm. And so the beginning part, um, Mars and Venus were together in Leo and they were having this like dance where like Venus was almost like trying to catch Mars so they could have a conjunction, but they never caught each other. They were all, they were close together, but they never had a conjunction. And now Mars is in Venus's sign at the end of the retrograde. Venus is still in Leo, but Mars is in Libra, which takes its orders from Venus. Mm -hmm. So Mars is doing Venus work, and they're in a tri- um, they're in a sextile pattern, so there's they should um, aspect by sextile, but because of the motion of the retrograde, they're never going to actually sextile. They're going to come close to sextiling, but they're not going to actually hit the degree. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like there's some discord happening or some inability of Mars and Venus to have the synastry. Um, that you would hopefully want them to have. Um, and they're not going to connect by aspect. They're not going to connect. They're not going to conjoin until the beginning of next year in February. Oh, so, yeah. So I think that this story that's playing out is this long, is this long story that we can look at, you know, starting in June and re- coming to some sort of resolution or, you know, apex in February. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just been curious about that um, for months now. So, well, it's interesting that you say that because I-, I feel like almost everyone that I gave readings to, like this year and even as early as the toward the end of last year, like I saw a lot of momentum this year. I saw like, okay, opportunities, creative stuff, new ideas coming in in the spring, hard work over the summer, a lot of like boosts in the fall, but nothing really hitting until early next year, until early 2024. And I've seen this like several times now. So that's really interesting. But yeah. Yeah. Huh. That is interesting because I do think so Venus and Mars are considered like the per- personal planets. They're more related specifically to us and what we're doing in the world. Venus ruling how we relate to others um, to a certain degree. 
you know, artistic express, well, not to a certain degree, she rules artistic expression. Um, and, you know, how we manage uh, our social relationships, how we manage ourselves in society, but also, you know, the stuff that we want, the stuff that mm-hmm. makes us feel good, the stuff that we like to have in our life. Whereas Mars is a conflict and, um, you know, doing stuff for yourself. It's the the forward movement of the ego. It's taking action. It is more of like the self, um, whereas Mars is more, uh, or, or at least the active self. Um, and then Venus is sort of like the self with others and relationships to others. So when they kind of like do this, we're talking to each other, we're close to each other, but we're not making a conjunction, we're not quite sextiling. A lot of that can generate, I think, a lot of like uh almost like I want to say charisma or mm-hmm. a feeling like a it has a generative feeling to, to it. Like mm-hmm. like we're sort of playing this game of of working towards something but not quite getting there um in a relationship context it'd be like foreplay i guess (laughs) um and so yeah maybe we're like in a period of like extended foreplay with our creative projects (laughs) and our mars and venusian work and none of it's gonna quite like totally land until february i still think it's gonna be largely good even though it's not going to like completely come together for a little while. Um, and, and, and in the context of what I was saying, a lot of what I was seeing for people was like what they want, like what it is that they are looking for. Cause that's usually what people are asking me about, like looking at, okay, right. you want your business to succeed. You want your health to improve. You want, um, you know, all these other things. And it's like, okay, this seems to be a very common pattern that like January, February, March next year, 2024 is when things start to land. So. Right. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I do think like Venus and Mars are intimately connected to our desires, right? So mm-hmm. Venus, our material desires, our relational desires and, and Mars, like our are active, like the, the active choices we want to make the places we actively want to go for ourselves by mm-hmm. ourselves, um, the journeys we want to go on. So, so yeah, I mean, I think I was sort of like, Oh, should I talk about the Venus retrograde? It's over. Like most astrologers are moving on from that, you know, um, it's like past news, but I don't know. I, I, I really like to think about astrology in like longer arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's always many layers. So of course you have to just focus on one layer um, at a time. But I think that, yeah, the fruits of this retrograde are not over, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I think that there's like something intimately connected to what Mars is doing and something intimately cl- connected to the eclipse season and Libra season that's going to be a continuation of, of this story. Um, so yeah. Well, I apologize. Cause I'm going to have to jump off to go pick up my daughter in a couple minutes, but, um, I just thank you so much for offering all this. I think it's really helpful. Um, I think this is going to be a really good window of time for people that have been wanting to do something or wanting to make something happen in their life. 
probably for the past three, four years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like it's going to be a really good time for, the, for a lot of that to start landing. Cool. Well, thanks for talking and thanks for doing this, um, embarking on no, this thank, thank sort you. of terrifying journey. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is, it is truly horrifying, but, um, there's no one. Address. Thank you. We will, we will do it again. Okay. Bye Tess.